0: Good Wednesday morning, and today's show is a little bit different. I want John to come to Idaho and speak at a school our children go to called Ambrose. And there's a gal there who sets up speakers, and I had John record a video for her to help pitch the idea of him coming if you have a school or you would like john to speak you might find this recording helpful to share if you're trying to uh maybe get john into a school to talk with parents and or students and or teachers so with that being said this is a talk where john is promoting the opportunity for him to come speak and could be useful to you enjoy Hi Amy, I thought I'd make you a video. I was just wrapping up a podcast with Dr. John. We were talking about some things and I thought we'd make a quick video for you and John could share maybe some things that he thinks might be helpful in context of classical Christian education and parents.
1: Well, that's a big topic. The the first thing to get straight is the probability of your children surviving the modern university with their faith intact, even after they've gone to a Christian or classical school. It's still dangerous so uh, what can you do to preserve your children's faith which is the thing that matters to you most and it's going to be even worse after covid because they are so flat and therefore uh, there's not going to be enough pushback from students who do know their way because even christians are flat emotionally at the moment kids they've been hammered by COVID. it's probably the biggest damage we've done um is to wreck a generation. Uh, the time when they should be full of enthusiasm and hope. and Well, not even hope, just uh, when I was uh, off to university, I knew the world was my oyster, you know. <laughs> Let's take it on, where are we going? And, and that was the general approach that everyone had. The war was over, uh, I'd got a scholarship. Ah, life was wonderful. Um, it's not like that now. Uh, people, uh, I watched my grandchildren, you know, uh, they're struggling in various ways. Um, not as bad as the world at large, because they've got some input, but quite a lot. In fact, the ones that have done best in my family are children who grew up in Africa. And they're not troubled. They've seen what a pagan society has done. and. What what Christianity does to a pagan society, they're not going to be rocked. Uh, they got through university to get the necessary bits of paper. They they want to do what they want, and they'll be entre- they're already entrepreneurial, making money before they'd left university. Even when they realized that uh, crashed cars were, you know, uh, it cost you too much to put them right, and they crashed a couple of cars and. So they, they went off and to the scrapyard and found a model and bought it and took it to pieces and repaired their own and sold the bits. They actually made a profit on the process. But they live in a, an unchallenged uh, Christian world. Africa wants to be Christian. We don't know what we want to be. So Christian, uh, Africa's actually headed in the right direction, but it's, it takes time. It takes centuries for the, the things to happen that they want. So... What I began to realise as I was teaching students years ago is that the issues that they actually need to deal with are not dealt with at all. It began for me with an email sent round, a document sent round the university by the Faculty of Education. And it said that all teaching in a state-funded institution should be from a morally neutral position. I was so angry steam was rising because there is no such position. What they were saying to me is you must have our view of what morality is, not your own, without any, without any proof that theirs was better, which it isn't. And I ended up writing a little paper called The Myth of Moral Neutrality that in the next three hours and sent it to a friend. And he published it without my permission in a small journal uh, for Christian doctors in Canada probably two thousand copies. I've written a hundred or so scientific papers in major journals and uh, none of them have had the impact on my life that that one little one had because it literally changed my life as it got, it went from one person to another. Uh, Somewhere I made a recording, to this day I don't know where, Um, that got into the hands of the guy coming back from being a missionary and trying to run CMDA uh, US and realising medicine was sailing towards difficult waters and he had no idea what to do and this talk was the first thing that made sense. And so we became I became a regular contributor to their, to his talks and within a year or two I was giving 100 or so talks a year and it peaked at 400 a year, which is going pretty hard working sometimes six in a day uh, when doing American, uh, they work you hard. I have to say I can't do that much anymore. But I I can still do a reasonable uh, day's work, so to speak. So that got me going thinking and I realized that one of the key issues was the disordering of the goods. All students do not wish to be called intolerant but you can rewrite the Ten Commandments as the Ten Divine Intolerances. God says the starting point for your cultural flourishing is to be intolerant of the things you ought to be intolerant of. Not Tolerance is the dressing. It's not the main course. Uh, legitimate intolerance is the foundation of a stable society. Even Freud recognized it. He said he wanted a sexually libertarian society and he thought he'd get it, but he says it's going to be very dangerous because it will destroy creativity. And it has. It is. He's right. He knew it. So he was worried about it. Uh, The nihilists who said, okay, you just do what you want and it's a power game. Um, The winner takes all. But you don't get that history taught in that way. So uh, your kids need a lot more cultural history and there are some things they really need to understand. And this is a short thing, so this is just a very... Short interview. They must understand reductionism. Scientific reductionism that began in the 13th century is a powerful tool that made the material explosion of the world possible and lifted the poor out, as it has done over the last 30 years in dramatic fashion. Um, But once it passed over into the world of morality and politics, that's disastrous. So you must understand that story. Its products. On moral relativism, in fact, all four forms of relativism, but the moral one is the one that's gonna bother you most. Uh, it leads uh, from that into a lack of respect for life, abortion, euthanasia. It leads to sexual libertarianism. And it has made it such a, it has been so powerful that the ideology of evolution has been dominant. And we shouldn't be arguing about evolution of species, but we should be asking the question we talked about in the first part of this evening, in the beginning what? What's the first step? Uh, When you get the premise wrong, you get the conclusion wrong. So those things need to be taught. And the way to do it is to teach the history of ideas with that specifically in mind
0: thank you john and thank you guys all for listening that was a bit unique but i would be curious if any of you guys use it please feel free to leave comments if you're watching this on youtube and or send us an email and with that being said we'll see you guys next week thank you again dr john